this is my voice. It can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on the Black experience. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. We're going old school this week as East High turns 100. I'm Tom Shine, and welcome to The Range. Support for The Range comes from McCowan Gordon Construction, Fidelity Bank, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, the little-known history behind another school from Wichita's past. He was a Winnebago Indian, and he was especially interested in higher education for American Indians. But first, the largest high school in Kansas turns 100 this year. Over the last century, Wichita East has produced famous graduates and championship teams. And its landmark bell tower remains an iconic part of the Wichita landscape. Suzanne Perez looks at the school's history and its impact on the community. At the corner of Douglas and Grove in Wichita, a Gothic-style red brick tower rises above the city's oldest high school. That landmark bell tower turns 100 this month. The students, faculty, and alumni of Wichita High School East are using the occasion to reflect on the school's rich history. We take a lot of pride in being the original, the heart of the city, heart of the community. Sarah Richardson is principal at East. Our kids in our neighborhood want to still come to the school and be part of this neighborhood. East opened as Wichita High School in 1873. But its current building at Douglas and Grove opened in October of 1923. The year East opened, a school lunch cost 18 cents. The top-selling car was Ford's Model T, which you could buy for less than $300. Men wore three-piece suits. Couples danced the foxtrot. And a popular recording was this little ditty from a 1922 Broadway review called Make It Snappy. The original mascot was a blue and white bulldog. But shortly before rival North High School opened in 1929, East High students voted to become the Blue Aces. Richardson says East High students and staff have researched the school's history and scattered their findings across hallways and bulletin boards. We've put up a hundred notable alumni, one for every year. We've done some research projects on who our alumni are, what they've done, how they've given back. Those alumni include former Congressman Jim Ryan, the first high school athlete to run a mile in under four minutes. There was Wichita State football star Linwood Sexton, oil man Dave Murphan, and former Secretary of Defense Robert Gates. Durham Rogers graduated from East in 1999. He got his teaching degree and planned to move out of town, but then... I was at West High for a couple years, and my old high school coach uh, called me up and said, there's an opening at East and you need to go back. That was 17 years ago. Rogers still teaches history and coaches cross-country at East. In fact, nearly 20% of the faculty and staff are graduates of the school. It's always been one of the most diverse schools in the area, and that hasn't changed. That's been something that I've always valued about it, and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to work here. Rogers says he valued his time as a student at East and is proud to carry on its traditions as a teacher. 
It's an amazing place. It's got great history. I wouldn't be anywhere else. For The Range, I'm Suzanne Perez. To read more of Suzanne's story on East High, go to KMUW.org. Wichita was once home to another old school, the Rowe Indian Institute. Founded in 1915 by Henry Rowe Cloud, it was the only college prep school in the U.S. operated by Native Americans. For this edition of In the Mix, Carla Eccles and researcher Lyndon Sequoia Drew of the Cherokee Nation talk about the school and its founder. The Rowe Indian Institute opened in Wichita as one of the first college preparatory schools for Indian boys in the country. Drew says the school was founded in 1915 by Henry Rowe Cloud, an educator and minister from the Ho-Chunk Nation of Nebraska. He was a Winnebago Indian, and he was especially interested in higher education for American Indians. So he did a number of things in that field including this American Indian Institute here in Wichita. The school, formerly named the Rowe Indian Institute, eventually was renamed the American Indian Institute in 1920. Cloud went to schools on and off the reservations and eventually a private school in Massachusetts. Drew says Cloud was very smart. He went to Yale University, which, of course, is still a respected university, but back then it was part of the elite. Cloud was the first Indian to receive his undergraduate and graduate degrees from Yale and was an advocate for Indians. Cloud eventually came back to the Midwest. He chose Wichita because we're in the center of the country and also it's an agricultural area and of course he was focused initially on that and so he put it here, even though he was not from Wichita. Cloud was intentional about what students would learn. He wanted to make sure that it reflected the culture of Native Americans as well as promoting higher education. So it was important that it promoted culture, not just taught kids. And many of them went on to become community leaders. Well, Jay Hunter, for one, because uh, he helped found the Middlebacker All Indian Center way back in the 70s. And Hunter Health Center is, is named after him. He was a coach at Plainview High School back in the 40s. So he had a long career in education himself and part of the community here in Wichita. And Woody Crumbo? He's uh, well known in the Indian community as an artist. In fact, the Mid-America All Indian Museum has a garden dedicated to Woody Crumbo. Drew says enrollment grew at the school long into the 1920s. From a few people at the beginning to hundreds of students after that. It only diminished during the 30s, and of course, everybody was having a hard time during the 30s. So that's when it eventually closed. Afterwards, Clout went on to work on Indian policy at the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Then he returned to Kansas. He went to Haskell Institute, which is up in Lawrence, also an Indian school. And so that's another important part of his life. Clout died in Oregon in 1950. Four years later, Cloud Elementary School opened in Wichita, named in his honor. Also, Yale University has a fellowship named for him. Drew says Cloud was a Native American with deep influence. It's really a great piece of Wichita history that more people need to know about. Carla Eccles brings you thoughtful stories about race and culture every month on In the Mix. You can read more of her interview with Lyndon Sequoia Drew at KMUW.org. 
And one last thing. It's time for my annual appeal about registering to vote. It's always amazed me how people who live and work in Wichita, who have a stake in its future, aren't interested in who runs the city, aren't interested in how their tax money is spent, aren't interested in participating in democracy. The deadline to register for November's election is Tuesday. You can do that online or at your county election office. And after you register, vote. Only one in five people voted in the 2019 mayor's race. Let's try to do better this time around. Thanks for joining us on The Range. Our producers for this week's show are Jonathan Huber, Carly Cooper, Beth Collet, and Luann Stevens. Our digital producer is Hugo Fan, and Torn Anderson composed our theme music. The executive producer of The Range is Fletcher Powell. I'm Tom Shine, and this is KMUW, NPR for Wichita.